Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? Let's not talk about what happened on Sunday. If it works, if it works for you. We could talk about what happened on Sunday, sure. Actually, we should, because we could talk about our predictions and how those went. Sure. 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 I went I went four and oh this weekend. Or no, I I no, I did take the Giants. No, three and one. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, that was that was a that was a misstep on my part. I think I, I actually the... trusted the Giants to do something. That was a severe lapse of judgment. Yeah, I think I picked I think I went either three and one or four now. Because I forget if I picked the Bills or the Bengals. Yeah, that was the one. I I know I took the Bengals. Um, I know I took yeah. the Bengals because I, I I mean I just trust my life with old blue eyes. That's just that's an incredible man. Yeah. Well can't wait for him to beat Mahomes. Can't wait. And all the Mahomes fanboys. Did you oh okay. All right. We're on the we're on the subject now. I mean was Chris Collinsworth smoking crack? Like genuinely, genuinely. What what uncontrolled substance was that man on? Chris Collinsworth, he's just so smart with football, but all everything that he says just sounds so smug and smarmy coming out of his mouth. What a ball, oh, what a play by Patrick Mahomes. It was an incomplete pass for Christ's sake. Well, listen, your boy Tony Romo is doing some things to uh Josh Allen behind a court behind the dumpster over here. Okay, all right, all right. So my response to that is for the first time, maybe ever, I am starting to get a little annoyed with the whole Tony Romo thing with Josh Allen. That that I am starting to get a little annoyed with a, a, a teeny tiny bit. I don't get it. It feels like such a change. It's like when you watch a YouTuber, like a YouTube channel, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. I love this content. And then like a year later, they start changing their content to like either be better for advertisers or something or whatever. They do something that's different. And you're like, this is not what I signed up for. This is what, this is what Tony Romo feels like. I love Tony Romo when he first started when he was giving like really in-depth analysis on plays and he was able to predict plays before they happen because of his knowledge of the game. And now it's just like, he's just every other color, color commentator and out an analyst. So my rebuttal to that is there is no doubt that NBC universal, uh, CBS, Fox, there is no doubt in my mind that they told their crews to dumb it down for the more casual audience. Like Tony Romo calling his plays and, and you know really breaking it down to the most minute detail in week 13. People are going to be like, what the fuck is going on on January 22nd? You know, so that that's that's my take on it is that you have they have to dumb it down for the for the audience because it is proven that there are more people that are not going to be watching football between weeks one and weeks 18 that are now watching football from wildcard weekend to the Super Bowl. 
I mean, okay, I get it. There's a fine line between dumbing something down and simplifying it for an audience for mass appeal and just kind of not saying anything of substance. But that's the, that's the problem. I think Tony Romo is so goddamn good at what he does and he is so goddamn smart that you ask him to not be goddamn smart. He, he, he comes he comes off as I I don't know he, he he comes off as obnoxious because he's trying to be friendly when really he's just like there are a thousand other things that he wants to say but his boss has told him yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say that and I mean honestly as I kind of deal with this in environments where like I'm talking about sports in a room or in a group of people. And sometimes I do catch myself like, oh, I'm going way too deep for this. I'm way, like, I have to explain everything. I'm going in too deep on how everything works. I should just, you know, simplify it. But I don't know. I feel like how are people going to graduate from being the casual fan to being like a hardcore fan or somebody who really wants to get in, in deep with the, with the game if they're not going to if you're not going to be giving them that knowledge and that information. True. True. It's a fair enough point. It's a fair enough point. See, see, I thought what you were going to say when you we were talking about, if you want to talk about Sunday, I thought you were talking about the team at the top of the Premier League. I thought you were talking about the mighty Arsenal. That that was where I thought you were going with that. That is genuinely where I thought you were going with that. Um, Eddie and Kenya. I mean, oh my God, what, 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 what a sensational bloke. What, a, what, a, just a gentleman, a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, Listen, for anybody, anybody who is a neutral that just didn't, that decided not to watch a battle of top four teams and both title contenders, I urge you, I strongly urge you, just watch the highlights of the match. That was by far, by far, and I have watched too much Premier League this season, too much. That was by far the match of the season, but by far and away. Not not even close. Interesting. I mean, honestly, I think Manchester City coming back from coming back from being down to Tottenham and and beating them is my it's one of my favorites. Because I I, love- dis- I I disagree because the way the way that Tottenham play, I can't stand it. So any, anything that Tottenham is in is is, is literally like what is like watching paint dry to me. I don't blame you, but it is like watching paint dry. They, they it's play such it's a team that roof style of football. It's, it's, it's brutal. It is yeah. absolutely, it's absolutely brutal to watch. Now, now obviously we have, we haven't, we haven't seen Arsenal and Man City play. And those, those two matches are going to be, which is crazy. To those, think are, about. those are going to be, that's going to be high quality. Indeed. That's going to be high, high quality. But the rest uh, of Sunday was fun. Especially the one at the Emirates. The Emirates, I think, is where we're gonna really gonna see the real Mick Arteta ball against Tiki Taka Pep ball. It's gonna be interesting. I don't have any confidence going to the Etihad. I really don't. But I mean, maybe I should, but I don't. I don't. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. The team, the squad's not really in the best form. As of late, I mean, you know, we batted Wolves, and you know, we kind of, we had that comeback win against Tottenham, but like, I don't know, I don't have too much confidence. In hey, the Adam, team. what do you think of Tottenham? 
their shit. What do you think shit? Tottenham. Thank you. That's all right. We ate Tottenham. We ate Tottenham. I mean, you, you had two of the best teams in the country that played that played over the weekend in the country. I'm talking about the UK, which I want. I want to go. I want to be there. And there is a very small probability that there is a chance that I might try. I might try and send it over for the final weekend of the season if we are still in contention for the title. Really, there's a chance. That would be that would be cool. Yeah, I'm, I've I'm, always wanted to go to the Etihad. To be honest with you, it seems like such a cool stadium. Well, I want to go. I want to go to the Emirates, but to get into the Emirates right now, it is nearly impossible. Yeah, I don't. Well, I know ticket prices. I mean, I feel like across the Premier League, or I mean, you can you can get you can get into the Etihad, no problem. Oh, give shut that's, up. That's that's an empty stadium. Shut up. No, it's not. That's an empty stadium. You're, Give me a break. Your 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 own manager. Your own manager was bashing the home support. What does that say? Give me a break. What get does a, that say? Get a new slant. That's ridiculous. What did that say? Change the record. <laughs> the Etihad? No, 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 no. More like the empty ad. Oh, oh, wow! So original. <laughs> very original and very true. So original. It's very true. You would think for such a big club, they would have that monster support, and they they just don't. And it's confusing. It's so confusing to me. Well, I think they have a lot of international. We have a lot of international support from across the country, across sure. the world. Sure, like, so front they're runners. not going to the front runners. No, not front oh, runners. Front runners. No. Come on. Would you, hey, hey. Just because you don't live in England, would you call yourself a front runner? No, uh, me, me. I would never call myself a front runner. I saw, I saw te- a, a winless run of ten, a winless run of ten in a row, and I'm still an Arsenal fan. I am loyal. I am not a front runner. Not a chance. How can you just call people from all, all over the world just because they like Manchester City? How can you call them front runners just because the team is good? There is a chance. To be there good. is a chant that is directly in direct correlation to what we would sing to the Chelsea supporters. And I ask you, folk, the same question: Where were you? Where were you? Where were you when you were shit? Where were you when you were fucking shit? Well, I wasn't watching soccer. Slash wasn't. I wasn't talking about you directly. I'm I'm talking about the collective Manchester City support. I was barely watching the team. I was barely watching the local teams when I when Manchester City was terrible. I'm talking about the collective fan base as a whole. I I would say I was like three. I was Tottenham Hotspur have a better fan base than Manchester City. Oh my god! I was actually they actually give a shit. They actually give a shit. That is probably the nicest thing that I've ever said about that club in my life. I'm done with this. You know, I'd be excited anyway to go to get tickets to that uh, that Chelsea game. It's I mean, it's, it's just a shame that Tottenham had no history. That's the problem, and no yeah. and no trophy cabinet. That 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 too. Second to last game of the season, home against Chelsea, and then 
I mean, for, for us anyway. And then, you know, away at Brentford on the final day of the season. Well, as, as, I've, as I've talked about in this podcast many times, my uh, I have members of my family, and it, it goes more than one that are um, Chelsea supporters that are that are uh, that support the Blue Scum, and there was once once we discussed potentially going to as a, a for a family trip going to London and trying to plan it around an Arsenal Chelsea match, and I essentially said, well, if we're doing this, um, I'm not watching the game because I will be in the away end going nuts with my fellas. Also, if you and Matt went to a Chelsea Arsenal game, only one of you is coming back to the the United States alive. Correct. Correct. Unless it's a draw. (laughs) Unless it's a draw. Then maybe maybe we could break bread. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But But, but but you know what? You know what? For his faults. For his faults. It could be worse. It could be worse. He could support Tottenham. Yeah, or Man United. See, this is an interesting one. Because I don't I don't know who I hate more out of Man United and Chelsea. I think for the historic reasons, I think it's Man United. But I also kind of think that Chelsea Chelsea treat that derby, the Chelsea Arsenal London derby, they treat that more importantly than we do. Because they don't Chelsea, have a derby. They don't have a derby. They they have they have Fulham. They have Fulham that, yeah, are, that go up Fulham. and down every year. So that that that's that's their derby. Whereas the mighty Arsenal, we have really we have two. We have one official derby, which is Spurs, and then we have. Arsenal and Man United, which is the how do I put this? It's the most historic fixture in the country with Man United and Liverpool being a very, very, very close second. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I obviously I hate Man United because fuck them. Well, that's what everything was peak. That's what everything was peak. I mean, that's when we had that's the two the two best managers in Premier League history going at it. Wenger, Wenger and Ferguson. At the time. All time. All time. At the time. Two the two best managers in the Premier League of all time at the time. Uh, Pep Pep is nowhere near. Stop that nonsense. Stop that nonsense. I'm you are giving me Ajda. Pep is in the top five. Pep is in the top five, no doubt. But he is not two, and he is not one. Two is uh, two is Wenger, one is Ferguson. Well, if he stays that, there for another like ten years, maybe and that that is coming from an Arsenal fan. That is coming from an Arsenal fan. Fergie is the best, hands down. Yeah. If, if Wenger if Wenger won the that Champions League final in Paris, may, maybe we have a conversation. Maybe. Yeah. Well. Anyway, can we move on to the uh, to the regular, to not regular to American football? Ah, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. It's fine. We won't talk about the Cowboys. It's okay. No, I don't want to. Fuck them. But I do want to know who do you think is coming out? Who, okay, well, 
What's your Super Bowl matchup at this point? Uh, Bengals 49ers. Ah, the rematch. The two road teams win. The rematch. That would be interesting. Two road teams win, and Joe Burrow let the coronation begin. I know. Joe Burrow, thank God, because then people will just shut up about Tom Brady. Because if Joe Burrow wins like a million Super Bowls, then people will shut up about Tom Brady. Listen, 2023 has been a very, very hard year for me sporting already. (laughs) There's promise. There's promise on the horizon with many things. I will know that the world is healing if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl. Uh, then, then I will know the world is healing. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, may God have mercy on our souls. Oh, a second Super Bowl in in a decade. Yep. Before a second, they've won. The Eagles will have won two Super Bowls before the Cowboys had made the conference championship before since their last one. Yep. Yep. Oh, and seventeen in divisional since nineteen ninety five. Fucking disgrace. That's brutal. A fucking disgrace. And I will keep this brief. We could talk about it more on the mailbag on Basin Talk Podcast later this week. By the way, send in your questions. Um, That loss for everyone that wants to talk about that last play of the game and say it's on McCarthy. The last play of the game didn't change anything. No, really. Last play of the game did not change anything. That whole drive was just horrible. There is one guy to blame. For all of this. Dalton Schultz? No. Jerry Jones? No. Dak? Kellen Moore? Dak. Oh, it's Dak? (laughs) Dak. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to start asking questions. If you're you're a Cowboys fan, you have to start asking questions about Dak. You, 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 You cannot just completely ignore the obvious. Is he a good quarterback? Yes. But is he a very good quarterback? I don't know. I think he's just good. I mean, he was going up against the best defense in football. I think he's just good. I don't know. Say it's a, it, it doesn't so many quarterbacks like this. That's a Cowboys team also that has so many holes. It's stupid that that people just got to glance over. Um but yeah, I just kind of think Dak is a he's a good quarterback that needs a good team around him to win games. And we also saw what having a reliable kicker and a reliable coach does. Kyle Shanahan is great. Mike McCarthy is very good. Great wins of things. Very good. Kind of just gets you part of the dance. Yep. Very good. You have a chance to take home the hot blonde. Great. You're taking home the hot blonde. You're having a great time. Also, Mark Sanchez still has more AFC Championship game appearances than Josh Allen. Yep. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, that is that is a whole other discussion. We will talk about it for sure <laughs> on, on Thursday. For sure. Send in your questions about anything. About anything. Please, I'm begging you. I'm begging all the people that are out there that are, list- that are listening and are going to submit their questions for the mailbag because Adam is going to be on that on that mailbag. Submit all your Premier League questions. Submit them all. Also Star Wars. Yes. Oh my God. Send in your Star Wars questions. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's a it is an everything general mailbag. Whatever you want. 
does, whatever does you Jake want. watch Star Wars? We're gonna find out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna find out. We're we're absolutely going to find out. It, you're the questions could be about anything that you want. It, it could be about films from the rated G kind to the. Let's not go too far. Uh, a dramatic kind. Just but G to R, preferably. Preferably G to R, yeah. But we have an E next to our name, so if you know, if you're going into the catalog of uh, maybe not that kind of content, it doesn't seem right for for this kind of podcast. Academy Award winner Johnny Sins, you know. <laughs> If you if, if, listen, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of his work, that's uh, that's that's your own prerogative. Also, why are you why are you coming here for this for that content? That is true. That is true. There are many, many, many podcasts that you can find. Also, phrasing that kind of content. Phrasing on myself for that. <laughs> oh, Adam, <laughs> that one went. Woo. Yeah, it's fine. You could have left that one. Untouched, I wouldn't have even thought about it. Sorry, I wish I did. Yep, you should have. You should yeah. have. Well, now that we've uh, firmly earned the E next door name, let's go well, into fi- fully what? have uh, glossed the bridge. <laughs> yeah, we really the shot bridge? our load on that one. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Come on, Adam. That was a good one. That was a good pun. Okay, that was a good pun. You like puns. You like, like puns. puns. I'm I'm a fan of Thank puns. you. Thank you. That's all I was looking for. Listen, we you, you got one dirty joke each, and we, we burned it. I live to make you smile, Adam. That is one of the nicest things you ever said to me. Don't I be like used that. to it. I will. I don't. <laughs> Love you, sweet cheeks. <laughs> If owning a fantasy football team together hasn't killed us, then nothing will. True. True. That's a, that's a very, very, very good point. Anyway. And able and able to cleanly negotiate a split in a fantasy championship game. Yeah. That we, was, we, we both deserve Medal of Honors for that one. That was a great one. That was a yep. great negotiation. A 10-minute conversation. Oh, I'm trying to think of the line from The Phantom Menace about negotiations. I was like, this, the oh. negotiations weren't that long or something. As sure. Mo- moments passed. Sure. So much for the negotiations. <laughs> you, you got it. You nailed it. Something like that. Anyway, fancy philosophy. And looking at the opposite of what we talked about in the first episode, mm-hmm. which is going traditional, a zero wide receiver, all running back all the time in the first round and second round, and maybe even the third round. Uh, what are you, I know that you're go looking to go zero RB in a lot of your drafts, but I still see the merits in, and as I've said this so many times before, I still see the merits of picking running backs early just because of um, positional scarcity and, you know, minimizing risk and all that, all that stuff. Well, I think this is all going back to that zero wide receiver show and or zero RB. Oh, my fuck. 
Here we go again. I, I know um, it's going to get really confusing because we're, it, we're talking yeah, about it's, both. It's, it's going to. So I'm going to try and, and limit the use of zero RB and zero wide receiver as much as I possibly can. But uh, go back and listen to the zero RB show if you have no idea what we're talking about. But zero RB essentially is you're drafting heavy receiver from the jump. And zero RB is – or zero – oh, my God. And zero receiver is you're drafting heavy running back from the from the jump. And that's what – it easier gen- if you just said prioritizing running back versus prioritizing receiver? Perfect, Adam. This is why you're here. You, <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Genius. It, ingenious stuff. Indubious. Um, and this is basically prioritizing – your running backs is basically what every drafter does. It's it's the most standard. It's the most basic. You're not really going to get into a lot of trouble doing it that way. But the thing is, and again, go back to, to the show we did two weeks ago about this, about the contrasting subject, is you know everybody is going to be doing that. And, and everybody knows that I am the classic guy that is always going to say, Zig, well, everybody's X. So, but it it is also important to know what you what you can do and going with that heavy running back approach. It's a safe way to do it, especially if you if you are in non PPR and even half PPR leagues. Going running back and making sure you're locking up at least at least one solid superstar running back is so important. Um. But then in PPR is when it gets when it gets dicey and you could start playing with with you know philosophies and what you want to do. Um, I also said this two weeks ago. I don't think you can do that pivot to getting cute and taking receiver if you're in the top four. If you're in the top four and you're looking at the four running backs of Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, in whatever order that you want. I don't think you can really pivot from one of those guys. I don't think you can. At four, there's a debate. But one, two, or three with McCaffrey, Eckler, and Barkley? Yeah, I don't think you can pivot from that. Yeah, also, I think something that should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, is don't be a contrarian if you're not comfortable with being a contrarian either. Because we can say, oh, you know, go the other way, do the opposite of whatever everybody else is doing. But if that's not what you're, if you're not comfortable doing that, if you don't want to do that, then you don't have to do that. <laughs> so um, just kind of keep that in mind. Because I, I feel like for a lot of people, they're like, well, if this is what we're doing, I don't feel great about picking this player. It's, um, it, it, it is important to do those mocks, though. That is where yeah, I agree with Adam, that if you're not prepared, then absolutely you, you, you cannot be contrarian. You have to go with what you know. You're really going to fuck it up if you're not prepared, especially if you're prioritizing receiver. Absolutely. absolutely. And going the other way than everybody else. It's going to be Which, a lot easier for you to screw it up. Prioritizing running back, it is a lot cleaner, a lot easier to do, and there's less opportunity for a fuck-up. Whereas if you're prioritizing receiver early on, you have to be able to know and understand the needs that you have to have in filling out that heavy receiver team while assessing the running backs that are on the board at any particular time during your draft 
and understanding the values of those running backs because obviously there's no real standard for how far you could go with going heavy receiver. But if there's a running back that's available for you in round four that you didn't think was there, you have to be able to to, to process that information, be able to take advantage of it, and realize, oh shit, I got to take that guy because that guy can really help my team. Because yeah, you can't. And this goes into you. Know, we have all we have these debates about philosophy and everything, but the thing, the core value of drafting is you have to be able to pivot, and you can be, oh, I'm going to prioritize running back. I'm going to prioritize receiver. And then you should still, in the back of your mind, have a best player available mindset, regardless. Adam, it's spot on. That's spot on. You, you, you have to be able to, like I was saying before, and as Adam uh, just mentioned, he's 100%, he's 100% right. You can't, this goes into a much bigger draft philosophy as well. This goes into liking guys and not liking guys. You can't ever say that you don't like a guy unless you truly don't like the guy. Like for me, I think that guy was Gabe Davis. That guy was, it was Gabe Davis for me a year ago. I was very anti-Gabe Davis. Uh, I think we both were on this podcast, Adam, and I think Jake was as well. Uh, we were the anti-Gabe Davis podcast. and Kind of like with I Clyde, even, his rookie year. We were both like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we were very but I think, I think that. Clyde, Clyde was one that I was happy to ignore. But the Gabe Davis one, I wanted a part of it because I still could see there was the potential. Like, I saw what people were seeing, the ones that were the Gabe Davis truthers. I saw it. I understood it. But I just didn't believe it. So... It was a matter of, okay, well, if Gabe Davis is available for me in a spot where I'm comfortable taking him, I'll take Gabe Davis. And if I'm wrong on Gabe Davis, fantastic. I get to benefit from me being wrong. So that's another that's another part of it. And I and I understand that listen, I was in I was in 19 leagues. So I get opportunities to uh take all sorts of guys and take my guys that I want and even take guys that I don't necessarily want. But I want to have them to see if I was right or if I was wrong about them. And like I said, if I was wrong, be able to benefit from me from me being wrong. Gabe Davis, I had in one spot. I had Gabe Davis in one spot. I was wrong. That team was a terrible team. And I was right. So I, I felt I felt good about it because my analysis, my pre-analysis in Gabe Davis was correct. But where I had him, I wanted to make sure that I could potentially have a, have a share of him. And, and it, it didn't work out. The Clyde one, much, much of the same. But I think another great example of that is someone like Joe Burrow. And coming into the year, from a strictly fantasy point of view, I was out on Joe Burrow being the QB4 off the board. I didn't want <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Oh, my God. I Are just took good? a deep – I took a breath and <laughs> – oh, my God. Sorry. Oof, that was – that was – that did not feel good. Trust me. It didn't Take sound good. Water. It, didn't, like, it did not feel good. I'm worried um, for you as, you as your partner and co-host. Over thank here. you so much. I need to take a sip of water. There well, we funny go. Thing is, Joe Burrow uh, finished as the QB4, which yeah, is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and the Joe, Burrow, the Joe Burrow gods were uh, cursing upon me. But 
I did have Joe Burrow in a couple in a couple places, and I was able to benefit off of Joe Burrow being the most sexy, beautiful human being alive. I love the man. Joe Burrow is the reason. Joe Burrow won me one hundred and fifty dollars, basically, because he was one of the one of the mainstays in the guillotine that uh, kept me going throughout the weeks. Did you draft him, or did you did, or did you pick him up? I drafted him. Nice, nice. Yeah. Where did I draft him? Is I have a question for you. Is Joe Burrow the most like most likable NFL player? Or good, okay, most likable star. Probably the most likable star. I thought about this the other day. I was trying to think of who's the most likable star that's out there. I drafted Joe Burrow 94th overall in an 18 team league, which is the guillotine. So do the math. Yeah, so you draft you drafted him round five. Yeah. And you drafted him in round five. Which so, which I thought at the time was too rich. But I got I was in a draft and I got him in round nine in a single quarterback. Single quarterback, I got him in round nine. And I got him in another in another one, I think, in round thirteen. Yeah. Well, that's round five in an eighteen team league. So you know, you can extract you can like Proportion that out, and it was probably around the same as where you got him. Sure, sure. Ninety second overall, so yeah, you got you got him in round in round eight, round nine, basically, which is, which well, is very good. Yeah, and to answer your question, I think Joe Burrow is one of the most, if not the most likable star player right now. I have to think. I have to really think about that one, but I, I, yeah, I do. Th- I do think it is him. He he is in fact him. <laughs> He's great. He's, he is him. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. He he's just he is just so calm, so collected. But then he's just like, you know, you just know that he's a nice, nice guy. I mean, after what the Bengals went through in the 90s, they deserve somebody like Joe Burrow. Listen, all I all I know is gentlemen, hide your girlfriends, hide your wives. When Joe Burrow is on the TV, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Give him the Amex. Tell him, go, go, go get your nails done. Honey, I booked you an 815 manicure. Have a great time. <laughs> oh, my God. It's true. I, I I wouldn't want my wife or girlfriend to see Joe Burrow on the television and have to look at me. My God. <laughs> I'd look like Shrek. <laughs> I'd look like freaking Shrek compared to him. Joe Burrow is handsome. He is pretty handsome. He is handsome. Yeah. I, I don't know how the hell we got here. Oh, we were talking about Joe Burrow uh, being, being a value. But that's what I'm talking about. You have to be able to understand that even though I didn't like Joe Burrow going in round four, I saw him in round nine and round 13. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that you for should, sure. You should never be, unless it's like Michael Thomas or some, or somebody like that, where there's a really, really, really good reason to be out on somebody early or out on somebody completely you should never be completely completely out on somebody especially like a big time player that's another thing that's another thing that i that i definitely want to discuss at some point personal vendetta and if you really do have a personal vendetta against somebody don't draft them just don't just don't do it i don't have a personal people don't have a personal vendetta against michael thomas it's just like fantasy vendetta 
No, well, I, I didn't. I don't think people have like a fantasy vendetta either. I have a fantasy like, vendetta against Alvin Kamara. I know, I know. I will never draft him again. Well, it's it's because like you look at the at the numbers, you're like, Michael Thomas hasn't played a, a down of football for the past year and a half. Sure. If sure. that. So why, why would I bother? Risk versus reward. You have to understand what you want more of. If you're going to take a guy that is higher risk, there's also much higher reward. But you lower the risk, you also potentially lower the reward. And I see this with teams all the time. There are managers that draft teams for safety. They draft teams that get them to the playoffs, which is fine, which is completely fine because we all know that once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. But the majority of teams that I see win are the teams where guys take opportunities on dudes and these dudes pay off huge. They go off the reservation, for lack of a better phrase. They go completely off the reservation. They're taking guys that could be outside the box, but they could be humongous league winners. And we saw that a ton this year. We saw that with guys that were taking Tony Pollard in round eight, that were taking Ramondre Stevenson in round seven, that were taking Jamal Williams super late in drafts. Guys that took. I took a chance on Miles Sanders in round five, round six. Uh, guys that were taking a potential flyer on Travis Etienne in like round four. Those kind of guys, odds are, if you had one of those guys, you won a championship. Well, also, as we've seen this year, sometimes the guys that you think are safe are not actually safe. That's also true. Either. That's also because, true. Because, I mean, personal experience, Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I was like, Mike Evans is a safe guy. He's going to get me a thousand yards. He's going to get me 10 touchdowns maybe, but he did none of that this year. He got you a thousand yards though. Okay. He got you. He got me a thousand yards, but yeah, but not, you know, I, I think, I think the great, the best example of that is Najee Harris, just because we're relating it to running backs. Najee Harris was the old, the ultimate safety guy that he's going to get you your 250 plus carries. He'll get you your seven, eight touchdowns. He'll be a 15, 20 point guy every single week and set it, forget it. He's perfect. Honestly, I think a lot of people thought that Zeke was going to be a safe pick for them. No, no, I didn't think so. Really? Not where people were drafting him. No, not where people were drafting him. People were drafting him in round three. I think if people were thinking that Zeke was going to be super safe, they would have been going in middle of round two. Joe the, Mixon? The safe Joe, – Joe Mixon, yeah. Joe, Mixon's, Joe Mixon was, was a safe pick. Nick Chubb? Yeah. Well, Nick Chubb still finishes as, as, the, as a fifth. Uh, it's in standard. But Well, that's because, that was because Nick Chubb with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Then Deshaun Watson came back, and he was absolute – unadulterated cancer to Nick Chubb. 
It's the true. return to Sean Watson killed anybody who had Nick Chubb. Yep. It's he a- did he did as us Italians say, and if you don't know this, you know, this is culture for you. He did Ugats. He did nothing. I didn't know what that meant before you said it. Or of before Because you are cultured. You yes. Because you are cultured. I am cultured. You are a cultured man, Adam. You are you are right. you are you are honorary Italian when when you're when you're on this program. When you're on this program, <laughs> you 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 are an honorary Gindaloo. Well, on this and program, I can't say are... that. I can't I, I can say that. I can't. But uh, when you're on no, this program, No, you cannot say that. I can't say that. When you're on this program, you're also you're honorary Mishpucha. I'll just let, let you know. Shabbat Shalom. Mazel tov. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom. It's Shabbat it's shalom. Monday. It's Monday, but Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> shalom. Yeah. <laughs> you're on thin ice already. Ah, oh, damn. Um, I've, do, do, does your, do, do your people have confession? No, actually. Oh. Like me, 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 and my priest, me and Father Michael, we're gonna have a nice session next week. Well, actually, technically, we do sort of. It's Yom Kippur, but that's it's okay. more of a, It's throughout the. It's just it's a built up confession yeah. for the year. That's fair. That's fair. But it's not like I usually. Weekly. Yeah, I usually I usually go three times three times a year. Yeah, three times a year. So every every four months I'll go. Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been four months since my since my last confession. Yes. Well, anyway, running their players that you pick that are safe, they're safe. They're actually not safe, um, and you can't guarantee that. I mean, you look at the top the top ten running backs in PPR: Christian McCaffrey, uh, actually Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry. Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, Aaron Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Dalvin Cook. I mean, those guys. Only are... four of them were drafted in round one. Yep. You have Joe Crazy. Mixon, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Najee Harris, or Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, um, DeAndre Swift, Zeke Elliott, guys that were drafted early, Jonathan Taylor, um, guys that were drafted really early. What about David Montgomery? Would you would you include him in that in that boat as well? I think so. So like round three, I mean, yeah. If you're including Zeke, I think you I think you, you would include Montgomery. I think so. Those guys you drafted high, they didn't pay off for you. Nope. I mean, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. I mean, this is an argument again for um, unless you held on, unless you held on to him. Cam Akers won people championships. That is my king. Cam Akers almost knocked me out of the guillotine. In the in the first week, yeah, a number of t- actually he almost knocked me out of the guillotine a number of times. Cam is a great guy. Cam is a great guy. You stuck with if you stuck with him, you won a championship. Congratulations. I have mixed feelings on Cam Akers. Very Adam very very mixed feelings. I'm You're not. Look at his hater. numbers. They're, they're terrible. Hater. H eight T R. Hater. Whatever. Did I really? Yeah, no, I spelled that right. H eight T R. Yeah, hater. No, it would be H eight E R. Because eight, there's a T in eight, so it'd be H eight E R. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Wouldn't it be H eight R? Oh no, it would be E R. It would be E R. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
You're right again, Adam. That's what I do. Just don't listen to my bold predictions. Everybody go and listen to Adam's bold predictions. I hear I heard they're great. I heard one of them is great, and the rest are not. <laughs> I heard the bold predictions were awesome. Well, anyway, um, just thinking about you know prioritizing running back over prioritizing receiver. You know, I think we've kind of got into this. We, I don't know. I feel like we talked a enough about this, or as much as we can. About yeah, this. we we also really covered a lot of it on the show two weeks ago when we were talking about zero RB. So, um, really listen to that show because we cover we cover a lot of things, and we don't want to risk repeating ourselves. Um, and we also want to do some 2023 stuff. So, yeah, yeah, go listen, go listen to that show if you if you want. Uh, really, just the full package details. But we kind of, we kind of gave you the spark notes uh, here for sure. Yeah, and I'm kind of interested to see if we end up doing a show about, um, like, personal, like fantasy vendettas, and like how much your your personal feelings affect your drafting strategy. Well, we could do it. We could do it next week before we go into the top 10, top 12 running backs for 2023. We could, we could do that next week. All right. There we go. That sounds like fun. Okay. Okay. So looking at these rankings, do you have uh, a set of rankings that you want to pull from Adam? Do I have a set of rankings? Of are, you, you are. are you kidding me? Come on. Of course. Do I have a set of rankings? What do I look like, an amateur? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for doubting you. You forgot who you're talking to. You're talking to a member of the fantasy football consensus on fantasy pros. Which, by the way, I I haven't I haven't even checked where I finished in the overall standings. We can do that live on the pod. Why not? Live on the pod. Live on the pod. We can check to see where I finished in the overall standings. Hmm. Let's see. Weekly. No. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right. Oh, this is a lot of pressure. This is a lot of pressure. <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't suggest this. You suggested this. Oh, I absolutely suggested this. Okay. All right, I have the number. Okay. I have the number. So the number... What's this out of? This is out of... Hold on. Let me just get the exact number again. 293. Wow. 293. Where do you think I finished? I remember you did this last time, and I guess... This was was the halfway point. So the halfway halfway point, I was 42nd. Yes. Where do you think I finished? I'm going to say you finished... 35. Lower. Okay. Lower. 50? Lower. 60? Lower. 65? Lower. 70? Lower. 80? Higher. 75? A little higher. 77? Higher than 75. So closer closer to one. Right. Uh, 73, 73, 
Wow. 73. Well, it took me like 10 guesses. 73. Yeah. That's not bad. I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, let me just do let me do the, the quick maths because I'm not I'm not a not a numbers guy, yet I do this for a living. So now this this stat stuff, the numbers are the averages are already done for you. So you that's don't true. Do that much, you don't have to do that much math. That is true. So 73. Yeah, I finished I finished the top quarter percent. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, take that. that. I'll fucking take that. Yeah. You know, I was in the top 24.9% if we want to be exact. You basically finished in the top 100, top 75 out of almost 300 people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I really want to see where I came in the in the sleeper uh, comp. That's what I really want to see. Because I know I had Trevor Lawrence for that. I had Damian Pierce for that. And I had the Washington defense for that. And the Washington defense picked up some steam in the second half of the season. Are you allowed to say who finished in like the top five? Cause I'm kind of curious if I like, know, if I know them, uh, I have to pull up uh, that uh, the ranks info again. Um, let me see if I can find. And this was a, a league with basically like an, it was like a daily league or an auto draft league with L- all the fantasy pros. Uh, oh no, this is this is putting in ranks. Oh, just putting in this ranks. This is accuracy. Accuracy. Gotcha. This is accuracy for the year. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so we had. By expert. Oh, no, leaderboard. That's the one. That's the one. That's where I found it. Okay, here we go. So the top five were, if this wants to load, uh, we had Jamie Eisner from TDN, David Zach from Fantasy Pros, Adam Dove from the Fantasy Couriers, Adam Stark from Everyday Fantasy Football. He's good. I, I like Adam. Uh, Adam Stark a lot, and then Kyle Senra uh, from Going for Two. Those were the top five. Wow, a lot of guys with great first names on that list. Oh yeah, yeah. Doing Adams proud, I'll tell you. <laughs> way to, way to look good for the brotherhood of Adam, for the tribe, the tribe. No, not no. <laughs> Just people named Adam. Just folks named Adam. Just folks named Adam. <laughs> All right. Well, so you have your ranks for yes, this I do. Uh, Q- for this QB thing. Of course, I do. Let's see it. All right. So I'll just read out the top ten, then you can provide your thoughts. We have a general discussion, and we can get the hell out of here. So, number ten, I have Kyler Murray. That is, this is all subject to change, of course. I, I, I think I need to preface this. This is all subject to change. It's January. Of course it's subject to change. Exactly. But there are people who will treat this as fucking gospel. Ten is I Kyler. I don't believe that. Nine is Deshaun Watson. Eight is Lamar Jackson. Seven is Justin Fields. 
six Trevor Lawrence, five Justin Herbert, four Joe Burrow, three Jalen Hurts, two Patrick Mahomes, one Josh Allen. Interesting. So I guess let's start from the bottom. And um, yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray being where he is, I understand. So just be- before you say anything, before you say anything, I'll let yes. you finish your thought. Just notable names that I left out of this. I'm sure you're going to get to this, but I'll just steal your thunder. I left out Dak. I left out Tua. I left out Daniel Jones. I left out Kirk Cousins. I left out Trey Lance. I left out Brady. I left out Geno. I left out Goff. I left out Wilson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I think I don't think Russell Wilson would be in the after the season that he had. I don't think he would be in anybody's top ten. Uh, he's he's my QB nineteen right now. So yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. But I think. I don't know. Ranking Kyler at that level, I kind of understand it, but also, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree. The rushing okay. upside is there. The only thing that's concerning with Kyler is when he's when is he going to be back from from the knee? If you could tell me that Kyler's only missing a couple of games, and you're drafting Kyler in double digit rounds, you're getting a heck of a steal. That's un unbelievable value. Well, also you're. This is Kyler Murray, who might be coming, who's coming back to a team with a new coaching staff, um, and possibly no DeAndre Hopkins. Sure, sure, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And he 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 could also slide. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I just I like the rushing potential that Kyler brings to the table, and the head coaching hires could be very important if they hire. If they hire another offensive guy, then I would like it. I would be more set on Kyler being a top 10 quarterback. If they hire a defensive guy, it would depend on who the OC is. Honestly, I think Kirk Cousins should be in this top 10. That is such an Adam answer. (laughs) Notice how I didn't say Kirk Kirk Cousins is fourth on the list of guys that I would be putting in the top 10. Honestly. Really? Who's who's the who's first on that list? Tua. Tua? Tua would be the replacement for Kyler. Yes. See, Tua is just that situation is weird. Because health obviously pending with that one. Yeah. Well, it's health and it's like, is this yeah. How bad is is his, are his health problems? That will he be the same quarterback? Will he play as much heading into next year? Like, what's what's the situation? There's so many question marks with Tua, where I understand why he's not in the top ten. Fair, and it's the same thing with Brady too, because it's like, does he retire? Does he go to Oakland? I mean, Las Vegas. Wow, this is the first time that I've done that in a long time. I've done that in a while. Does he go to Vegas? Uh, God. After the tuck rule, how shitty would it be for Tom Brady to be playing for the Raiders? That would be Al, hilarious. Al Davis would be rolling in his grave. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know. I'm not crazy about Kyler Murray. 
at this point. Um, I mean, I'm not crazy about Deshaun Watson either. And as a player, I will, I will preface as well because he just looks so bad. He has to Cleveland. improve, though. Has to improve, though. Get him a full offseason. Attends all the workouts. Gets a full training camp in. He has got to improve because if he doesn't and the Browns are bad again, Stefanski's out of a job. I mean, did he did he go to training camp last year? He played in the preseason. I'm talking full preseason where you know he's getting the work in, and then week one, you know he's going to be the starter. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't allowed to go to the facility or practice at all. So I guess I under I understand. And he'll be he more around rusty. the team now. Yeah. But I don't know. I just he he just looks so bad. And I mean, if that's that could be his floor of production, which is which is awful. And he could be better and, next year. But and, and, and well, guess what? My rebuttal to that is people are going to remember how bad he was. And it's going to make his price even more affordable. And with that, ooh, 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 a discount? Ooh, hell yeah. And then if he is yeah. bad, if he is bad, you get him at a discount. Okay, great. You cut him and you go find somebody else. Simple. True. But that's not that's not the discussion that we're having. We're talking about is he a top ten quarterback? Yes, I think he is. Okay, I, I, I think just he don't. is. With the rushing up, with the rushing upside that he brings to the table over the likes of Dak to uh, even Daniel Jones, yeah, he is. Okay, um, and then at the top, I I know this is I know this is you that we're talking about. So I understand why the top is the way that it is for you. But after the seasons that they both had, and I know that Josh Allen injured his elbow, but Patrick Mahomes just had such a great season. How can you not rank him first over Allen? Josh Allen had 117 carries for 760 yards and seven touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes had 58 carries for 329 yards and four touchdowns. Josh Allen also slumped, a big-time slump the second half of the season. Um, he doesn't have the elbow injury. Josh Allen finishes the QB1, even, even with Patrick Mahomes throwing for over 5,000 yards and having 40 touchdowns. The difference of fantasy points is minuscule. Mahomes had 413 fantasy points. Josh Allen had 389. Josh Allen had 24 points per contest. Mahomes at 25. That didn't even lead the position. Jalen Hurts left the position with 26 per appearance. Um, but jo- Josh Allen doesn't have the elbow. He's the QB1. Yeah, but I mean, okay, I get it. I get it. I'd ra- I would rather have at the price that you're going to pay for both. I'd rather take the chance on Josh than I would on Mahomes. They're both not bad. I, I am not saying that Mahomes is bad. I am not because either way, whichever one you end up with, they're going to be fine for you. But who's the guy that I would rather have? I'd rather have Josh Allen. Now, if anything happens with the Stefan Diggs situation that has blown, been blown completely out of proportion, then Josh Allen will, will get a, a step down. But Stefan Diggs, I want everyone to listen to me very, very, very closely. Stefan Diggs has as likely of a chance to leave Buffalo, New York 
as a meteor does of striking the earth at the time of you listening to this podcast. If the meteor really is think- coming, Stefan Diggs is getting traded. If Stefan Diggs gets traded, the meteor is coming. Stefan Diggs is not getting traded. Thank you very much for coming to my doomsday pep talk. Great pep talk. Thank do you. you really think that Stefan Diggs is going to get traded? Do people not do you do people yes. really think that Stefan Diggs is going to get traded after one? Yes. Sideline outburst because they yep. lost a playoff game. Yep. I, I've had many people ask me over the last few days, whether or not Stefan Diggs is getting traded. Well, the last day. What? I've heard anything as to whether Stefan Diggs is getting traded. That's and ridiculous. I've, I, I've gotten some good laughs in. Some of, some of them were Jets fans. And no, it was not Jake. Before you ask. Before you ask the question, it was not Jake. Uh, Stefan Diggs would look great. Opposite, great. Opposite Gary Wilson. You know where Stefan Diggs would look really good? No, he would Playing not. with his bro. Mm. Hell yeah. With what money will the Cowboys be trading for Stefan Diggs? Monopoly money? Uh, we could give him... Uh, we can give him uh, Brett Maher. Her, her, oh, they, yeah. they need a kicker. I'm sorry, Jerry. Your Imperial credits don't work here. I think we can. Uh, we could. We could finesse that. No, <laughs> Stefan. Stefan Diggs is not going anywhere. Just end of conversation. He is not going anywhere. Like I said, there may be a better chance that the meteor strikes the face of the Earth and we're all dead. Yeah. I, I agree. That's that's nuts. Um, are there any players that in this ranking that you kind of had a tough time with? Uh, Trevor uh, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I wanted to put him higher. Wow. Well, I think it's just the talent higher than him. It's almost, it's really hard to put him higher than where you put him. I'm telling you right now because I know I'm eventually going to do it. I'm not going to do it now because it's just so, so, so early. He definitely going into drafts is going to be higher than Justin Herbert for me. I'm not there yet, but it says a lot when it, I'm in January and I'm already looking at these ranks and saying, yeah, Lawrence should be above Herbert. Well, you know, I'm going to use your Josh Allen argument here. Sure. If Justin Herbert didn't, uh, you know, pull a Tony Romo and play with crack ribs for the, for the entire season. I feel like he, it, it's not, this season was not a, is not a referendum on Justin Herbert at all. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If Justin Herbert is available in round eight in your dress and you pass on him, you're an idiot. You're an this idiot. Season, this season was more a, I don't even know if referendum is the right word to use, but I mean, I'm very pretentious. In certain ways, but you pretentious? No, never you. Yeah, but sometimes even the big words that I use, I don't know what they mean fully. But anyway, I think this season was more more of an indictment. Actually, that's probably a better word to use. This season is more of an indictment on Brandon Staley as a head coach than it was on Justin Herbert as a player and like his performance. Uh, Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But we, we, we have all known, especially if you listen to this podcast for the last two years, uh, you know how I feel about Brand Staley. Yeah, and honestly, I let everybody know about Brand Staley before Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley. I thought that 
I thought Brandon Staley, I had high hopes for him his first year, but after what he did to Mike Williams and then, and now Justin Herbert, I, he sucks. That is a fireable offense in and of itself that he let Mike Williams play in a meaningless game. And be unavailable for the, for the playoffs. Yep. Yep. That's before they blew a 27 to nothing lead. Yep. That's ridiculous. Idiotic. Idiot. Just, oh my God. Um, Another question, I guess, are there any players that are outside, that are outside the top five besides Trevor Lawrence? Because we already talked about that. Sure. Outside the top five that you think uh, supplant your top five of Mahomes or, I mean, Allen, Mahomes, Hertz, Burrow, and Herbert. Uh, If, the Chicago Bears get Justin Fields, a proven number one receiver, Justin Fields. Okay. Justin that would be Fields. the guy. But they have to do that first. Yeah. But honestly, I don't know. If Justin Fields is throwing more, that takes away the one reason that he's up here as high. And he's not, he won't be running as much. Um. I mean, let's just look at Jalen Hurts' numbers, right? Yeah. Jalen Hurts had 425 dropbacks, about, we'll, we'll say, 34-75 passing yards with 22 touchdowns, five picks, right? Justin Fields dropped back 318 times. He had 192 completions, 2,000 passing yards, 2,242 to be exact, 17 touchdowns, 11 picks than the rushing numbers. Even with Jalen Hurts dropping back 425 times, and you could say this is the dominance of the Eagles with the way the Eagles play, sure, I get it. Well, it's really, it's Jalen Hurts scored 13 rushing touchdowns. Well, I'm looking at the rushing numbers. Jalen Hurts had 156 carries on 747 yards, and yes, the 13 rushing touchdowns. So it's not like, I mean, this is what Jalen Hurts also got A.J. Brown, and he still posted these numbers. So say let let's just say the receiver that the Bears go and get for Justin Fields. Let's just say in our figment of our imagination that that guy is DeAndre Hopkins. Let's just say Justin Fields realistically with with DeAndre Hopkins, if he improves as a passer, can have Jalen Hurts like numbers where he throws for thirty five hundred yards, has twenty or so touchdowns, and the picks will be higher. So we'll say he he has still in, is in the range of like eight nine picks. Let's just say and still have 140, 150 carries. And if that's the case, then he's Jalen Hurts. Well, you know, I I know your take about Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields having similar numbers when you look at their second year in the league. Yes. Jalen Hurts' numbers – he had uh, 432 passes uh-huh. and completed 61.3%. He, th- he did throw for 3,000 yards, but he only threw only. He threw 16 touchdowns to nine picks and had 10 rushing touchdowns. Right. And Justin Fields at eight. And how many, yards, how many yards rushing did Jalen Hurts have? 784. And Justin Fields blew him out of the water in terms, yes. in terms of rushing yards. In the second year, blew him out of the water. 
But even if even if you take the rushing numbers down, right, and you still say that Justin Fields is going to get 140 carries, and you chop the rushing yards in half, not nah, less than half, a quarter, but he's still he's still getting you 850 to 900 yards rushing with we'll say seven plus rushing touchdowns as a baseline. And then you bring the passing yards up. That's a top five fantasy quarterback. Yeah. No matter how you shape it. You want to hear a funny stat? Sure. Jalen Hurts in every year has had nine fumbles every single year of his career. Put the house on it, honey. Put the house on it. Jalen Hurts, 2020. Jalen Hurts. Justin Fields, 2023. No, nope, it's fumbles. It's actually Jalen Hurts. Oh, Jalen Hurts. shit. I was right. You were right. Oh, Jalen Hurts. God damn it. Jalen Hurts, nine fumbles. God damn it. I knew I was right, too. It's like somebody copied and pasted the stat. Oh, and I didn't have any Jalen Hurts this year. I did, I did not have any. any uh, no, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. Well, I didn't draft him anywhere, but I did get him in the guillotine. Great yeah. guy, great guy, great guy, great, <laughs> great guy. Adam, you know how much I got him for? For zero. I know. <laughs> great guy. I was there. I know. Great guy. Just uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. All right, well, this has been fun. Next week, we will be talking to you about the running backs. And then stay tuned for later this week, where Bird, Jake, and I will be doing the Anything Goes Mailbag. Mailbag. So send in your Star Wars questions. And, and your also, Premier League questions. Yeah. That's, a, Just that's all the, a bag. All the questions about things that Jake doesn't know about. <laughs> sure. I remember, well, oh. I, I remember when, remember in the uh, Quizitational where that was on with Jake, where we were naming Champions League winners and Jake was like, I don't know, Brazil. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't watch soccer. No, it's, he doesn't watch soccer, okay. but you don't know what the Champions League is? Granted, I didn't know what the Champions League was before I started watching soccer. Yeah, but you, 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 when did you start actually watching? Hard. That was, but that was like 2010. Yeah, you, you, were, you were a fetus. Also, it wasn't as promoted. It wasn't promoted as heavily as it is now. Fair. That Soccer was fair. still a pretty niche sport. Fair. Fair. When we were when we were younger. And now we'll get to see, hopefully, see Arsenal in the Premier League. Please God. They're already in the Premier League. I said win it. Oh, at least in it. the Premier League, I was like, they they're in the Premier League. No, 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 no. Win, win. We if we if we beat you, I'll feel like we could do it. But if you take if you take six points off of us, oof, that's gonna be a dark day in hell. I just want Manchester City to win the Champions League. You can win the Champions League and win with the Premier League. How about that? I wish. We tried to make that trade with Liverpool, but then fucking Kai Havertz was like, fuck your plans. I'm going to win the Champions League for Chelsea. Flop. 
flop. He's only known, he's only known for one goal. Uh, and then Antonio Rudiger tried to murder all of our forwards in that game because Sounds he's an like asshole. Antonio Rudiger would do because he's an asshole. Sounds like something that Tony Rudiger would do. Anyway, that's besides the point. We can talk all about it on Thursday. Yes, we will. Can and will. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I am Adam Castro. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.